I guess I suppose it would uh, depend on how you define sin, but uh, I'm beginning to think that sin most often happens, right? Whatever sin may be, it most often happens when we think that we're in the midst of producing something good, participating in something good, in the midst of something even righteous and just. And before we know it, we can be far, far away from that which have planted us. Sin can happen in the most good moments. Sin is a tough word. Sin's a hard, hard word. Um, Well, before I expose any more of that or dive into that anymore, I I want us to go together to John, uh, the third chapter of John, Um, This is the gospel. There's Matthew, there's Mark, then there's Luke, and then there's the gospel of John. So in case you are not familiar with Bible study, it is the fourth gospel, the fourth story of Jesus's life. And whether you have that on your phone or in a print version, uh, I would like us to read the first 21 verses together. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. Hmm. There was a man, writes John, named Nicodemus. He was a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, well... I tell you the truth, Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus has the same question that you would have if I told you that, upon you asking me, what does good mean? And I were to tell you to be born again. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and repeat... What Selah Rose did this week. Not only would you, as a child, say, how could I do that? But all the mothers in the room would say, sorry, you're out of luck. (laughs) If, If heaven rides on being born again, mothers would say, go to the other place. Why did I say that? Jesus replied, (laughs) I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Here's what I want you to hear this morning. I've read this like you, many of you. I've read this passage of Scripture a hundred times or more. This week is the first time I heard this sentence. So from my heart to yours, I would like to share it with you because it's new to me. Humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised, Nicodemus, when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, 
So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. All right, Jesus, says Nicodemus. How are these things even possible? Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one. Have you guys ever heard this verse? He gave his one and only son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish. But have eternal life. God sent his son into the world. Not to judge the world. But to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world. But people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. This is the word of the Lord. Man, I had a chance this week to take advantage of the Nelson Atkins Art Museum. How many people have never been to the Nelson Atkins Art Museum? Oh, man, we need to do a church field trip and just go down there. Perhaps we just go down there one Sunday. Uh, I found church at the Nelson Atkins Art Museum this week. I was meeting a buddy there at uh, one of my friend's coffee shops that just within the year has moved into the block building. And I was meeting my best friend down there, and I got there a little early, so I was able to uh, walk around the sculpture park. When I say Nelson Atkins, this week I didn't actually go into the the art museum, but there's all sorts of art outside it. There's even art in the landscaping, and I just enjoyed. I was there early in the morning, and I just enjoyed being in the presence of, uh, this will sound really dramatic, but being in the presence of the rising sun, you know, and uh, around all of this beautiful art. And I made my way. So how many people, like five people had never been. How many people have been to the sculpture park? I actually like walked around the sculpture park. Okay. The glass, the fiberglass labyrinth. Yes. Yeah. I found my way there. I've seen it. I've driven by it a bunch of times. I've seen Prodeo took a field trip there, and I, I saw Prodeo's pictures from there. I just remember, like, Brad, like, up against the glass, being the crazy man. Um, and no one else. It was early in the morning, and no one else was there, and so I got to be in the labyrinth alone. And I decided I'd take that moment to pray, and I walked through the labyrinth 
Liz, and I got so caught up in prayer that I just kept walking. Um, and, you know, the thing about uh, plexiglass is it's, you get the where this is going? It's, it's clear. It's clear. You can see right through it. And if you're not paying attention, uh, you'll walk right into the wall uh, in the midst of finding God, man, smacking you right in the head. And from the labyrinth, from the labyrinth, I went out and went up the hill, and uh, there is this uh, sprawling, um, sixty foot tall by forty feet wide sculpture that, if you don't pay attention, Joyce, you would think it's a tree that has died and it has lost all its leaves. But upon further examination, you recognize that it's made out of metal or some sort of metal material, and it's a sculpture. Someone has made this giant structure. I was mesmerized by the way that the angles of this sculpture caught the light and how it reflected back the light in which it had received. I was so mesmerized by it that I, I went to pay further attention to the, de- the description of it, when it was made, how it was made, why it was made, that whole thing. And as I began to read it, I, I, it came to me that the artist... The artist was trying to portray not just a tree. The artist was trying to portray what happens in ferment. Okay, If you're a beer drinker, not that I would recommend that or whatever, but if you're a beer drinker, you know the process of ferment. If you're a wine drinker, you know the process of ferment. Right? Ferment. If you're lazy and you leave things out <laughs> and you don't clean up, you know the process of ferment. <laughs> things grow and reproduce uh, and produce new things. And this, the sculptor was trying to get at the process of regeneration through ferment. Things that become new through the organic process of life. Things that happen to life. He had in mind as he was making his tree, rivers, and the ways that rivers begin to create new channels and new arms. And how a river never really dies, it just begins to move on. Making new paths and new ways to water the earth. And as you go to the sculpture, you'll see, oddly, is it a tree or is it a river? And not only did he have a river in mind, but he also had the neurological wiring within our brain, which is also under process of ferment. It is growing. It is expanding. (laughs) Uh, In this way, it's evolutionary. It's never stagnant. It's never still. There's neurons and pathways constantly expanding and growing. And if you look upon this structure, are you, are you looking at a neurological highway, a path of the human mind or a tree? I think the artist would say, no, you're looking at ferment. <laughs> well, if we can tell anything about the process of regeneration through trees... I think I found they're good this week. I've set up uh, two uh, 
two lawn chairs out on our bottom deck. Uh, two, not lawn chairs, but Adirondack chairs. Adirondack chairs. Yes. Uh, I saw Drew studying there um, last night, sitting there. Just It overlooks our, our backyard, and uh, I began to notice that the trees... We live in a house that was built in 1963, 64. I think the uh, neighborhood was built around that time, and those trees there are now, how many years did that go? 60? These years, the, right? Close? 50. 50. 55. Okay. Thank you. Someone can do math. God knows I can't. Uh, 55-year-old trees. Hmm. And the branches... Well, Jim, they look just like that structure. And what probably started out as a sapling, right? A a nuisance that sprouted up in my neighbor's yard. He's probably for 55 years thought, I'm going to cut that tree down. But he hasn't yet. And it just keeps growing and growing. And now the limbs, they have grown into one another. Because it wasn't just one sapling, it was like several And behind my fence is a small little forest. And I'm sure we all had the intentions to cut it down at some time, you know, to allow new life or something. I don't know. More sunshine into the yard so we could grow vegetables. But the trees were never cut down. And so now there's just a small forest behind my back fence. And all of these limbs have grown into one another, right? The tree has regenerated. The tree has been a process of new birth. The tree has expanded and grown, but to the human eye, it may look like out of control, a little chaotic. I had one friend from Florida that went to Puerto Rico, and uh, he did a FaceTime live video of being in Puerto Rico. Uh, No, sorry, Cuba. He was in Cuba. And uh, this is what he said. This is my friend, not me, okay? All right? If this is insensitive, hate my friend, not me, okay? Uh, But uh, my friend uh, is, is doing this Facebook Live of being in Cuba, and he's like, the roads down here aren't landscaped and pretty like they are in Florida. It's kind of trashy down here, is what he says. To the human eye, the process of regeneration, well, it can look trashy when things are growing and expanding. But Kevin, as I looked at those trees, I saw that these limbs, man, to, to me may have been like, ah, that needs to be groomed. <laughs> that, that needs to be cut back. That, my goodness, that's enough. Why didn't my neighbor ever cut that down? But I could hear the squirrels just going from one branch to the other branch to the other branch. It's like these limbs had created a highway. highway for the source of life, not only its own life, but the life of the ecosystem around it. I could hear the birds. I wish I was Chuck Hayton and could tell you what birds I was hearing. I have no idea. They were just birds. And I could hear them and see them, and they landed on these big, expanding, ever-growing branches that had combined and moved into one another. It, Emma, it was a whole highway of life. This little sapling had begun to expand and grow, and by being simply a tree, It not only has grown to massive heights of life, but by simply being a tree, 
It's now giving life to everything else around it. I'm glad my neighbor here didn't cut it down. <laughs> Things are coming to life in my backyard because of the process of ferment and regeneration in a tree. Now, what would happen, Liz, if the tree said, I don't want to be a tree anymore. I want to be a mountain instead. I know this is silly. That Theron, I know. I've been to school. Didn't get good grades, but I've been there. Okay. I understand, okay, that a mountain can't become a tree, and a tree can't become a mountain. But I live with a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and they have expanding imaginations, all right? All sorts of fairies and stuff come to life, so if it can work for them, imagine with me. Use your kid imagination. What if the tree says, I want to be a mountain? Now, our mountain's bad. Our mountain's bad. Answer me to Our mountain's bad. You might not like them, but are they bad? No. no, they're not. They're actually really good for the environment. But what happens if the tree says, I want to be a mountain? What happens to our oxygen? Tree can't be a mountain, but mountains are good. What about rivers? What if the tree, like the artist, says, you know, I don't just want to be a tree. I also want to be a river. Now, rivers are good. We don't live without rivers, Donnie. If, we, if all the rivers dry up, we don't have any fish to eat. We don't have any food to feed our bodies. We don't have any water to drink. We have nothing for the ecosystems outside human beings as well. We're all done. We're toast. No water, no life. Water is great. Water is so daggum good, Derek. It's like the best thing ever, man. Water, 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 water. It's so awesome. There's nothing sinful about water. There's nothing bad about water. But what happens if a tree says, I don't want to be a tree anymore. Instead, I want to be a river. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep, nothing to soak up all that water in the ground. Or what if a tree says, I want to be a cactus instead? A cactus actually serves a really good purpose. They might be dangerous to touch, but they're good for the desert. If a tree says, I want to be a cactus, well, it's like that passage in Scripture where Paul says, if a hand wants to be a foot, then who's going to write? And if a foot's going to be the brain, then who's going to walk? finding, Justin, that sin is easiest to do when we're in the midst of something good and we're working hard at it. But we've lost who we are. (laughs) And we might say, but pastor, like, I'm bringing justice to this world. I haven't slept in seven days. I've worked my hands to the bone. And look what good I am doing. But friend, where's your life? What's happening to your life? Are you growing? Are you fermenting? Or is all this work about doing good stuff? Is all this work killing you and killing the people around you? Man, this is hard, man. 
Because there ain't nobody that would say good things are simple. But you can tell sin when you begin to die. When you begin to be like the tree that says, man, things would be far more productive around here if I could just become the river and move this channel of water where it needs to go. Why am I telling you this? I have no idea, to be honest with you. This is on my heart. It's on my heart, Derek, because, um, and the band can come. This will help me stay accountable to not preaching forever. This, this came to me because this week I was busy in my yard. I was working hard in my yard. You know what I was doing in my yard, Sarah? I know you, you came all the way from Bolivar to hear what I was doing in my yard. What I was doing in my yard was I was digging a trench in my compost pile so that when it got full of water, it had somewhere to drain other than draining straight into my detached garage. And so I was in the earth. I was in the earth, man, like Adam in Genesis 2, 15. I was doing the very thing God called me to do. My fingernails were filled full of dirt. Boy, there's nothing more biblical than what I was doing. I was in God's creation. I was in his grass, man. His mud was all up in my grill. I had, that's when I say that when I preach to teenagers, sorry. Uh, his, his mud was all up in my, in my face. I could, there's nothing, I couldn't be closer to God's good creation. I was all the way in it. But I was overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that I had to do. That there was no time for rest, Roger. There was no time for it. And I kept feeling my spirit calling me to sit and to trust and to rest in the life-giving spirit of God the Father, Son, and Spirit. I kept feeling that I need to rest. But what God didn't know is that the trench wasn't going to dig itself. Don't you know, God, I'm doing a good thing. But it didn't stop at the trench, did it? It never does, does it? As soon as I got done with the trench, I noticed that my yard is sloped. Well, my yard has been sloped for two years. Actually, my yard has been sloped for 55 years, but I just noticed it. Of course I did. Of course I did. And so guess what I did? I got the tools out and began to level it out and began to plant a terrace garden. Hmm, of course I did. A terrace garden is a good thing. A terrace garden is going to actually allow us to grow a vegetable garden on a property that is sloped all, all square feet of our property. There's not one piece of flat ground on our property. So now we're going to grow a garden. And I was out measuring off a terrace. Whew doing a good thing, but there was no time to rest, Michelle. Because if I rest, then who's going to bring the garden to life? If I rest, and if I... I mean, God's given me hands. God's given me feet. God's given me a spirit to work. God's given me a mind to think and a heart that pumps blood. Why would I rest? I would be wasting God's resources of the human body if I didn't work it until I died. (laughs) 
Well, Jesus says it best, friends. Humans just aren't capable of that type of life. You can reproduce life, but the life that creates a habitat and an ecosystem that invites the others to come to life is only given through the Spirit. So we can work until we die, but things around us are going to die with us. The process of regeneration and formment, that's God's idea. What tells the tree to be a tree? I would say through faith that God does. What happens in a tree? It provides life. Life for itself and life for others. Who tells a river to be a river? The river? No. God does. And what does a river do? A river gives life. What hap- Why does a river become bad? It only comes bad when humans decide that they'll work harder and they'll use it for their own good and pollute it. That's the, only, that's the only time a river becomes bad. A river is good 100% of the time. Who tells the river to be good? I would say God does. Sin, friends, can happen right in the middle of doing something so good, but forgetting that regeneration does not come from your own brain, from your own good ideas, from your own good talent. New birth and new life, well, it comes from the same source that gives new birth and new life to a tree and to a river and to a mountain. New birth comes from Jesus Christ, our Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, your ferment is happening all around us. May we rest in this weekend in which you've afforded us time. Lord, for some, it may be that we have to say no to the next project in order to pay attention to our own regeneration happening within us. God, you have called us, Lord. As children of you, you are bringing us to life and bringing others to life through us. Oh, Father, let us not get caught up in just doing another good thing. God, instead, let us submit to the spirit that blows like the wind. Where it goes, we don't know, but we are submitted to you. You have our life. I pray for my friends here today, that as they go and dispense and disperse, I pray for my friends that are not here today, that we may be caught up in your life, Father, not our own definition of what good life is, but your life and that we may be the life for others. Father, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Pastor Drew.